0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. I'm so glad to be here with you today on this episode. And joining me is my good friend, Michael McNeely. He is a moderator within the Preacher Boys official discussion group, and he's just been a really good friend throughout the last couple of years. I've been doing the Preacher Boys podcast and associated platforms for about three years now, and it's not always been easy. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. And Michael has always been a great encouragement. He's always checked in and just been a really great friend throughout all of that time. And today we're just kind of having a discussion about how Preacher Boys has evolved, uh, you know, the difficulties that I've had in running Preacher Boys, some of the things that are just weighing heavy over the last couple of years, and just kind of giving an update just toward. You know the goals of the platform, the goals of Preacher Boys, my personal goals with it, and uh, just really some of the things that have hurt over the last couple years. As you know, I've seen things misinterpreted or um, you know talked about in a negative way, and so I wanted to just kind of do this episode to kind of one just get back in front of you, uh, get to share a little bit more with you and re-engage with uh, all of the people who've been so supportive of Preacher Boys over the last three years, and uh, really just have kind of a a fireside chat, so to speak, uh, with Michael talking about uh, kind of the hopes and dreams moving forward. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, see you in future content from the Preacher Boys podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Long time no see. And a uh, shout out to a uh, special guest, Michael McNeely, who has the, uh, the role of calling me and saying, hey, are you alive? Uh, every once in a while.
1: <laughs> uh, for sure. It's been a while.
0: It has. It has. There's been a lot of stuff going on, for sure. So it's it been about two years. Well, since, yeah, since the since show the podcast, started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 20 January of 2020. So, um, yeah, almost three years uh going into it, which yes. is which is pretty pretty insane. Been going well? Yeah, I'd say so. I've been uh I've been hustling away. Like a lot of people think this is my only job, and uh it is not. <laughs> so I've been working super hard on a business venture that that's been growing pretty well, which is cool. Working on a couple of personal things and then obviously just Family, personal life kind of stuff. So it's been, it's been good. It's crazy it to start as just like, like a
1: side thing for you. And then it kind of blew up.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, originally preacher boys was supposed to be originally I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do a documentary. Cause that was kind of my background was like video. So um, it seemed to me like the easiest, cause I'm not good at many things. And I was like, I know I could do this well, um and so I ran into the end of 2019 I was like I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger and try to do this and see if I can get two or three people to reach out and talk to me um and basically like within a week or so I had like 20 30 people that wanted to talk to me and I was going okay I can't cut these people cuz this is their stories and they need to be shared let's do this as a podcast until I can get the documentary going and then it's like this thing where the podcast has grown to a point where it's like, what do you even do that hasn't been done through this? How do you do it better? Um, And so I'm still kicking around a couple of things and angles that might be interesting, but it's the podcast really went from being a afterthought thing to a, if I wanted this to be a full-time job, (laughs) as far as time commitment, it could be that. And then some, so yeah, it's, it's grown up. It's grown super, super fast. Um, And I, I don't know. Like this is all new territory. Like I'm not used to having people know who I am outside of like the 20 people that I'm around usually. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's been pretty weird. It's been a journey. I'll say it's been, <laughs> it's been a big journey, which is something I think um, when you reached out, it, we talk probably every, I'd say every couple months, like, mm-hmm. and, and then go kind of radio silent. And then we talk for like, two hours, I feel like is kind of re catch up. And one of the things you brought up that I thought was a good thing to have a conversation about, and this is not a super structured episode. We don't have like a script or breakdown or something. Um, But one of the things that you mentioned was just with how large the group has gotten for preacher boys and how large the audience has gotten for preacher boys. There's so many people in completely different stages of their journey And I think we all have a common starting point, which is, you know, and some have an extreme version of this, but for the most part, we all started in not great church environments or had not great encounters within our religious environment, you know. And for some, that's sexual abuse, for some, that's physical, for some, it's financial, for some, it's just, it was just uncomfortable and weird. And so that's the starting point. And then you have people going and like, 500 different directions where it's like I'm questioning my faith or some I'm stronger in my faith than ever and I'm trying to wrestle with how this happens. You have people who want to study it and and get deep into knowing why it happened. You have some that just want to do advocacy, you have some that just want to work through the trauma and leave all the other stuff behind. And one of the biggest challenges as it's grown so quickly has been how do I serve all of those people in a way where no one feels like they're getting left out, but also, you know, I'm not tiptoeing around the things I feel like need to get talked about for sake of someone being offended or upset, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. and you've done a really good job as kind of an unsung hero within the group, fielding a lot of messages that come in or fielding some of the complaints that come in within the, the Preacher Boys group. Um, and sharing it with me in a way where like there's times I don't know what to do decision-wise on some of that stuff. And I think you've got a lot of, you know, feels very Christianese, but a lot of wisdom and how to handle that kind of stuff. And, and I feel like you handle it similarly to how I would in a lot of those cases, but sometimes a little bit, a little bit smarter in the, in that realm,
1: <laughs> not reactionary. Well, that's probably right. Because I'm not, you know, a part of the actual, uh, hearing and knowing of a lot of yeah. you know the heavy information that's coming your way. Um right. yeah, but no, you're right. because because it started as, you know, kind of just a very specific, you know, sexual abuse was the topic that kind of jump started mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah. And exposing that because it was getting covered up. To then it kind of just morphed into um everybody that's leaving the IFB movement. Uh yeah. and are at all different stages and levels of, you know, their journey uh um, yeah. you know um some just moved to a different church some have become atheists like in everywhere in between and that's kind of yeah. where you know the 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 tough part of trying to walk the fine line is you know not having people offended uh yeah. that are still uber religious by those that are you know discussing their deconstructing process and vice yeah. versa so
0: yeah it's yeah. it's a it's a big spectrum. like that's mm-hmm. there's pastors who follow and there's atheists that follow. And there's, you know, and like you said, at the core of preacher boys from the beginning, and it still is, like the underlying foundation of everything that I'm doing is first and foremost worried about sexual abuse within the church, like abuse within the church in general. But sexual abuse has been very rampant and has been the heartbeat of everything that's covered. And so with that being the guiding light of the show, it's what's kept me away from some of those conversations about deconstruction or bringing in let's debate, you know, there's, there's places and times and pages for that. And I don't think this is the place, like I'm not going to have a King James only debate on the show, you know, like, it's just not, I I'll occasionally have, you know, I've had one or two episodes where, as a selfish curiosity, I've dove into a topic, you know, like I brought in Chris State talking about eternal conscious torment, you know, and like I tried to as much as I could position that within the realm of the show. But like I just wanted to have the conversation. It was a platform that enabled me to get a hold of that person to talk to them and and try to make it relevant to the group, but also I'm learning and growing too. And so as i'm developing and learning and growing and changing my thought process on stuff like having the north star be how do we most effectively help survivors of abuse being at the forefront has been has been helpful and it's been a lifesaver and i think ironically you know in the moments where i've taken my foot off the gas <laughs> in times where like from a marketing standpoint which is what i do for a living from a marketing branding standpoint It would behoove me to step on the gas and follow this harder and push at certain times. I just don't want to release content that I think is antithetical to why the show got started. And so, like the advocacy pages I see that do that just really turn me off. And and I don't know. We can talk about that in depth, but I just, I guess, part of what I want to come across in this episode is just the fact that the North Star is that. That's my goal. And so, you know, whatever expectations people have, if it's not rooted in that, you're probably going to walk away disappointed (laughs) from what, from what's happening right now.
1: Have you had, have you had any pastors over the past three years since you started this? Have you had any pastors that have reached out and said, Hey, thank you so much for, you know, shedding light on this topic because it's made us a little bit more aware and cognizant as we're, you know, dealing with things in our church. Maybe there are certain situations that we just can't put certain people in that we never really thought of before, or, Hey, an actual, you know, uh, accusation came to our Mm -hmm. desk and this is what we did. We did it the
0: correct way. Yes. Has has that happened? Yeah. There's definitely been pastors who have reached out. Um, I want to be careful how to answer this actually, because I don't want to give an excuse that shouldn't be there. There's been pastors that have reached out. I would say it has been a shockingly small amount considering the size and scale of what I'm doing and the topic that it is. But I would say I've had I've had probably 15 to 20 pastors that have reached out like where I've actually talked with them. I know in the comments and things like there's probably a hundred plus that have interacted in some positive way. So I don't want to throw every pastor under the bus. I also don't want to say like, Hey, yeah, they've all been reaching out and are changing, you know, this perspective. I've had some really good conversations with a lot of pastors and spiritual leaders and people who work in churches who have asked for resources. I've sent books for free to, Pastors who you know have churches that that are asking for resources um and that's always encouraging um you know, and I've had some that have reached out who are dealing with active cases and don't know what to do and you know, and my advice is always you know, call the police you know and <laughs> handle it through the proper channels and all that all that sort of thing so yes, it is there. But not to the extent that I would like to see it or, you know, I would say of messages that I get what are positive and what are negative is probably the easier way to measure it. Like I get mm-hmm. far more negative messages from pastors than I do positive. But the positive ones that I do get are extremely positive, and I've made some good friendship. You know, Jimmy Hinton is a pastor of a Church of Christ church. and, you know, I have a very good relationship with him now where I, I trust him deeply and, 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 really respect his position. So that's good. Cause
1: I think, I think that's, there's, as I say, if there's kind of two facets to what, you know, your goal and North star mm. was uh, in all of this mm. is not only to shed the spotlight on the current cover ups and the current, um, you know, sexual abuse and assaults that were going on in churches, but also getting all of that information out there mm. and Hey, Look out for these red flags or if the situation does come up, here's how it should be handled. Because I think, um, I've talked to, you know, a lot of friends that are pastors, uh, Mm -hmm. now and that have listened to the podcast, which some of them shockingly, I'm like, Oh, you've heard of it. Oh yeah, we've heard of it. So I think it's a lot more people out there are, you know, aware of it and influenced by it one way or the one way or the other that we just don't know about. But they've all said like, you know, there's, there's things that we've, heard and, you know, that we never really thought of before. And I think it's an awareness because Bible, let's be honest, Bible college doesn't train you for any of that. Yeah, Bible college is just a theological, you know, whether you're at a seminary or whether you're at a Baptist Bible college or whatever, there are zero classes in counseling. And that could be, you know, anything from couples to, you know, marriage or anything like that. And then they don't teach you anything about what to do with sexual assault when that lands on your doorstep. And that can be probably for all denominations, but, you know, specifically we're talking about, you know, evangelical IFB churches. Um, And I think that that is something that is a byproduct of it. And, you know, like you said, you know, maybe we would love to have more that would listen and be aware of it and be cognizant of it. Maybe they are the ones
0: that are. Yeah. And, and it is, it's, it is something where, you know, you bring up a great point with Bible college. Like it just doesn't, even practical ministry colleges where you're going, they're teaching you how to grow a church, you know, They're mm-hmm. not, and how to keep your church doors open. And if that's the mentality you're going into ministry with is how do I grow my church as big as possible and keep my doors open no matter what, you're going to make decisions that are extremely Dangerous to anybody who gets in the way of that, you know, including victims. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really thankful there's been pastors have reached out. And I and I'll say now too, if you're a pastor that's listening and you ever do want insights or resources, or even if you're pastoring a church where you go, This is this looks like the churches that get talked about, like for a hardcore IFB church. I've had some pastors, I had one in particular that reached out that a lot of like I was surprised that they reached out when I found out all their affiliations, but they wanted help. I didn't go, you know, I'm not going to record your conversation and blast it on the internet and say, look at this loser reaching out. You know, he's a Baptist pastor, you know, it's like, I want to help people. I don't, I'm not here to change your dress code and your, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's aside the point. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions, send books, resources, connection points. Like, And what you do with that information is up to you. Um, So, if you are hesitant to reach out, like definitely feel free to reach out if you if you want any resources or advice or you know. But but that's the thing that kind of bumps me out the most, and it goes back to the Bible College thing. Is like I'm a 28 year old with a podcast. Like if I'm the most helpful advice that someone's getting and how to deal with this stuff in their church, like someone dropped the ball in their training somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, cause I have pastors that are 40, 50 years old that reach out and call. And I'm like, this is really sad that you're hearing this first from me. <laughs> cause like, I'm not an expert on this topic. Well, and, and the, the thing that frustrates me
1: the most is that like, I understand their mindset because I came from that mindset. Mm-hmm. So I understand where Same. they're coming yeah. from, but there's still times where I just don't understand where the disconnect is. And that's one of the things with pastors that, you know, you mentioned, we're not here to change your standards or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. A hundred percent true. Nobody is trying to tell you how to, you know, doctrinally, you know, preach from a pulpit. Nobody, we're not here to tell you that, uh, you know, pants on women are okay. We're not here to change you in any way, shape or form. We're trying to shed light on something that, Uh, Jesus Christ would have shined the light on, you know, yeah. and condemned. Um, it's condemned in the Bible. Why isn't it? Why isn't it condemned in your church? Why right. are we just shifting people to all of these different churches when this type of stuff comes up? Yeah. Um, that's the thing that I just completely don't understand that disconnect. Yeah. Uh, because they come at, they come at, I'm sure you more so than, than me when, you know, I was doing some of the podcasts with you, but they would come at me like, how dare you challenge our doctrine? How dare you? You left the fake. You left you. Yeah. To, you know, and just all of these uh, insults. It's like, wait a minute. Why can't we be in agreement that sexual abuse is wrong yeah. and should be handled yeah. through the legal system? Like, I, I'm again, not. I'm not understanding where this disconnect is. Why? Why all this hate and vitriol?
0: Well, and it's this thing too where, yeah, sometimes things get said or you know or come up or you know, I. You know, I I have the things that I believe other people have the things that they they believe, uh, you know, there's probably a long rabbit trail there that could happen, but it's it's yeah, am I gonna express my opinion on some of the topics, like even that you just mentioned? Sure. Is it something like at the end of the day, do I want somebody who has those quote unquote standards in their church, but also takes a hard stance on sexual abuse? Like, am I gonna take that over someone that has a cool church with like Updated stuff that I like and all this, and then doesn't have any hard stance on it. Like, I'll pick the old fashioned, you know, fundamental King James Bible, you know, whatever church over that every single time. I just wish th- 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 here, this is like the crux of the conversation as far as like people following the show and like the people that get frustrated. And I know angry people are the loudest. So, like, I know that the majority of people don't feel this way. But when it comes to people's expectations of the show, I think part of it is not just the responsibility of me as a host or you as a moderator or you as a co-host when we do episodes together or a guest that comes on. Like The responsibility is not 100% with the people just giving out the opinion, which is like a fraction of the show is like opinion. It's, it's not in their, or even if they're giving out facts, it's not their job to make it completely accessible to everybody and be 100% toe the line with everybody's perspective. The job is to get the information out there. And your job as a listener is to sit there and go, what is relevant to me when it comes to opinion? What is relevant to me? Okay, this guest came on and said you know, this about the status of their faith right now. Okay, you could take that and discredit the entire episode and the entire podcast. And that's happened many times with people. Or you can say, I disagree with them on that. I'm an adult. I have my own belief on this. What do they say that is fact that is undeniable that I can take and learn something from? I've agreed hundred percent with none of my guests. <laughs> like I've a hundred percent agreed with you. Never. Like there's always something that we disagree with, even if it comes down to tone. And so I think there needs to be more responsibility on the part of someone who's listening or someone who's consuming books, information, like, you know, Sometimes I get stressed about what books I recommend. I still do. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. But at the end of the day, there's no book I could recommend that I 100% agree with. So like, there needs to be some level of, this is being said, I disagree with some, I agree with some, I'm going to take the good, leave some of the bad. I'm not trying to weaponize that statement like you hear in church where it's like, hey, there's some truly bad things, we're going to just set that aside. But when it comes to some things like, hey, they're not They don't believe in the pre-trib, you know, or they don't believe in the rapture. Like if it's things like that, like, or pants on women, like if whatever that topic is, like, what's the main point and overall drive of this episode and of the podcast? Like, I don't want to go on a big rant because I feel like I'm I don't want to sound like I'm parenting the listeners of the show, (laughs) but you know, or the disappointed dad conversation. But like that's one of the biggest things that hurts me as a person. When I'm talking with friends or family, but it extends to, I think now the audience that's grown is like yeah. at this point, my motivations, I don't feel like I feel like my motivations have been made clear over the years and how I've conducted myself when it comes to these topics. Um, and I've had this conversation with friends and family before Um is like, you can disagree with me, but respect me enough to know that I'm not coming from a place of harm and I'm not coming from a place of my way or the high, like I'm coming at this trying to help. Am I going to misstep? Absolutely. And I've misstepped with this show many, many times. And I've misstepped with the way I've said things many, many times in a million different arenas, but my goal is to help survivors. And I think the work behind the scenes and on camera has shown that so like, if I have a guest that you feel like is out of line, or if I have a, a something I say that's probably wrong, you might, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> but again, I just ask that it's not a, okay, well now I discredit everything that you've tried to do, or I'm not going to listen or, or, or beyond me, I'm not going to discredit what the guests have tried to do and what the show represents because beyond me. And I told you this before we start recording, I've tried very hard not to make this show a vehicle for myself so much as it is a vehicle for people who are guests on the show and for the topic at hand. Cause after I'm gone, this fight's going to keep going on with different people. And like, I don't want to be the reason someone discredits that fight entirely, but anyway, I, I don't want to keep ranting. I got a little ceremony on that, but, but that is <laughs> something that, that the like people, really the people need to hear it. Um, it's it, it really, you know, after always, three I've years said, of this, it, it grinds my gears a little bit, you know? It, yeah. Yeah. It, it is frustrating. I've heard that, you know,
1: over over the years. The, the one thing that I've landed on and will always say, I can't even agree with myself 100% of the time. How would I expect somebody else to agree with me 100% right. of the time? I don't agree with but my first
0: few episodes of the show and some of the things I said. 100%. Yeah,
1: and so it's kind of like, it's, we don't, but we came in, in and I think it's like two two things that you said that are absolutely true, but like getting down to the root of why those are happening with, with people, I think all stems back to the way that the construct of the IFB church and mm-hmm. evangelical churches are yeah. because we were taught at such a young age. Some time we were, you know, knee high that we are the only way everybody else is wrong. Um, They close down any type of, outside literature you weren't allowed to read no. it i was telling this to uh, someone the other day someone um actually one of the uh people who used to go to Fairhaven reached out to me he's doing a doctoral dissertation mm-hmm. uh on the ifb and he's interviewing people that left the IFB movement um and kind of getting their thoughts on it and this was the exact conversation we were having was you know the social construct is leading to a lot of the way that people are behaving now out in society and now that we have social media that is, you know, giving people that platform. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see it on a whole new level. But what and the, the, the illustration I gave him was uh, there was a guy in the dorm, in the college dorm, who uh, had a book from John MacArthur on the blood. Mm-hmm. And we know that John MacArthur and the IFB couldn't be more opposite about the blood and, you know, the stand on, on the yeah. blood uh, issue. And they sent him home, kicked him out of college, sent him home. Just because he had a book and was reading it, trying to get a different from one of perspective. the most
0: fundamentalist pastors in the and country. So, yeah.
1: But but they they controlled mm-hmm. everything in that environment. They didn't allow different perspectives to be heard. So now when people are faced with hearing different perspectives, whether it's, you know, uh now that they're making friends out in society or they're mm-hmm. now seeing a lot of stuff on facebook podcasts instagram whatever social media platform they're consuming this information on they don't know how to handle it mm-hmm. and so like you're saying if my if we were taught my way was the only way my way is the correct way anybody else is and everybody else is wrong that says something different well when we get out into you know social you know construct issues We have a tough time accepting different people's perspective. We look for ways to discredit them if they don't agree with us. And you're exactly on point because you can have 99 things dead accurate in a podcast, but we say one thing that may be wrong or perceived to be wrong. And then it discredits the entire, you know, 99 things that you said correct. Well, that's unfortunate because a lot of people now are, you know, missing out on adding that good into, you know, their life journey. Because if we're not progressing and evolving, and I know they don't like that word evolving, but it is true. This is, this is a life's journey. We're not evolving and getting better and wanting to hear different perspectives because it's like we just talked about, you know, with, with the pastors, there's probably things that I just never thought of it from that perspective that when I hear it, I go, Oh shoot. Now most of it's, you know the perspective from my wife and I have you know to change my mind on that yeah. but uh, you know what i'm saying it's just like oh i never thought about that yeah We're, you know what that that's that's i'm i'm going to think about that or no i think you're right and i think that a lot of people are right now are at a crossroads when they leave a fundamental you know environment uh whether it's evangelical or ifb or whatever it was that you know had a very fundamentalist mindset I think they have this, they left it, but it didn't leave them type Mm -hmm. of a situation. And so they're kind of deconstructing, but not from a religious perspective, but trying to, okay, is this reaction because this is the way I was conditioned during IFB, but it could be something totally different. It could be a totally different topic. And that's where I would say, you know, and like you said, encourage people Hear as many different perspectives yeah. and viewpoints as you possibly can mm-hmm. before you come in and just say, I'm hundred percent certain. And guess what? Even though we're hundred percent certain on what we believe and what my opinion is, I still have to allow somebody else that thinks differently than me to be able to have the freedom to believe differently yeah. and not criticize them or put them down or mm-hmm. demean them or insult them because they believe different because guess what we were created there's not one single person on this earth that is the exact same mm-hmm. we're all different and that's what makes you know as I used to say that's what makes the world go round yeah um but I yeah I would echo exactly what you said and that's that's frustrating just from watching a social construct and I know we don't want to go down too far yeah. down the, those rabbit trails but that's what's frustrating right now is watching people not being able to hear a different perspective and hear different viewpoints on certain topics in our society that, oh, by the way, are backed up by biblical passages. Just most people don't know about them or haven't been taught because they were glossed over in Sunday school. Yeah. So, but Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's what I always say. It's the default fundamentalist. Like we're all default fundamentalists. We all have these, you know, And the rallying cry in fundamental circles is we aren't changing. I get shouted at in pulpits every single Sunday, you know, and my cry for the last couple of years has been, I'm changing all the time. And part of that is through conversation and, 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 and I think it's important just to challenge yourself in a million different ways. Like it's I'm I'm reading a book right now. Um I don't want to give the title of the book because I feel like a lot of people write me and say, Why are you reading that book? I'm reading a book right now on the topic of God. And it's giving perspectives on many different religious approaches to God. And and you know it it's it's been a stretch for me listening to it because, you know, I am in a place now where I personally, you know, here's the one thing that's going to be feel disregard 99%. You know, I personally am in a place where I don't, I truly don't know what I believe when it comes to that topic. Um, and reading a book from an author who does believe in a divine being it has, you know, it was a barrier for me starting the book. And now I'm reading it, and there's a lot of things that have changed my perspective on a lot of different topics and some of the value points that are given about religion, and some of the things that, you know, I can be a little jaded after all these years. Like, there's been things that have been said that have really enlightened me in a lot of ways and made me think through just a different lens. And I think that's what's important is like, is there another lens through which you can try to see this situation? And that's just baseline empathy. And I feel like that's just missing from a lot of dialogue. And again, I don't want to sound like the old man that rants at a, you know, yells at a cloud kind of thing, but it is, I just really like if I could see something happen in the next year with preacher boys and like just with the group and with the messages that are received and with the conversation that I had is like just way more empathy. And, And especially like, if you're someone who's left the IFB and you're going, how can you believe that? I can't believe it. Like, rewind the clocks 10 years and let me know what you believe to be 100% true. And you were fighting with people about, you know, because I can tell you, I fought with people about pants on women and why they shouldn't wear them. I fought with people about King James onlyism. I fought with people about we're the greatest church, you know, in the entire country and this is the greatest pastor that's ever lived, blah, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I did that stuff. Like, we are all growing and changing all the time. Like, have a little bit of empathy for people who are figuring out that journey. Well, and I think, and
1: I think a lot of it comes from, you know, not only the empathy that you're talking about, which is absolutely correct and true, but their limited education on the Bible and things surrounding the Bible is preventing them from understanding that, okay, maybe there's different uh, viewpoints of the stories in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I like you have, you know, and, and I want, and I want to say it's okay to not know if there's a God or be like, nobody has to be dogmatic all the time. Yes. We can still be on a journey, believe in a higher power, but maybe we don't know, you know, what that higher power is or who it is. Or I mean, there's so many different, you know, variations. Yeah. I, in the last two years, have gone a lot more on the historical perspective and did a lot of research on the historical perspective of the Bible. So listening to a lot of historians that, you know, have uh, read the actual Greek, you know, manuscripts that we have that, you know, are today's Bible, um, you know, people that are very in tune to and, and, you know, uh, what the Bible has to say, you know, the the whole, you know, what do Christians believe, when did this start, when did that yeah. start? There were other, you know, movements that were trying to start, you know, even breaking it down to the difference between, you know, Peter's doctrine and Paul's doctrine in the New Testament. But you don't get that from an independent fundamental Baptist college. You don't get that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And so when you sit back and you go, wait a minute, you're right, because they're taking it straight from the Bible that I used. Mm-hmm. And they're going, well, Paul believed this, but Peter believed this. So which one is correct? Because they both can't be true because they're opposite.
0: No.
1: Um, but none of that was ever taught. And I think that when you when you see different perspectives and listen to it, I think it changes your tune on being dogmatically 100%. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the, you know, uh, scripture. I mean, there's so many things that we don't know. Uh, because it was never taught or presented to us. And that's where I've been seriously fascinated in, you know, trying to do as much research on this topic as I yeah. I drive my wife nuts because most of it's, I just like if I'm driving or something, I'll just yeah. put a YouTube because you can get them all on YouTube. Uh, whether it's Bart Ehrman or, uh, you know, any of those people that, you know, are the renowned historians and listening to them talk about The gospels and listening to them talk about Paul and, you know, all of that Uh, listening to them, you know, um, talk about the, you know, King James Version Bible and where that came from, because it's totally different than the one I was taught in, you know, uh, seminary. So it's it's really fascinating to hear the different perspectives. But guess what? You get to consume all of that information and come to whatever landing spot you come to at some point. Mm And that's just the beauty of evolving and figuring all this out. And the one thing that, you know, you know, to wrap this, you know, you know, part of the conversation up is, you know, the one thing that I will say is that nobody on our side is trying to change people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. The only people that are trying to change people's perspectives are the IFB people and the evangelicals and the fundamentalists. I don't care where people land. Yeah. you can believe you can be in an independent fundamental Baptist Church, believe that pants on women are wrong, and all of that. I knock yourself out absolutely, but don't criticize or you know insult or look down on other people yeah. that have done that and educated themselves and done their research and landed at a different spot than right. you did, yeah because we're not trying to change you. We don't care if you stay there yeah. or go somewhere else.
0: yeah, just broaden your education horizons, yeah yeah i agree um yeah i mean this is uh i'm interested to see how this episode plays because <laughs> it feels like a family meeting in, in a lot of ways but um I, I wanted to address you know
1: welcome to our to our conversation
0: yeah you're basically <laughs> listening to the, this is exactly what our phone calls sound like um i i do want to just address a couple other things and i know this isn't again this isn't maybe the best flow of an episode ever, but I know you get messages, I get messages. And so I wanted to address like just some complaints or, you know, whatever. Um, And, and some things where I've legitimately dropped the ball on um, and just give context and, you know, things I've been kicking around. So one of the things I want to just, obviously I mentioned at the top of the episode as a joke, but one of the things that, you know i know people reach out about is like where are you are you alive is the is the you know are you still doing this so um just as far as as far as like um the gap with preacher boys as far as releases the the honest answer to that is i contrary to what you know some pastors have said i take a lot of time with guests and make sure i feel very good about the episodes that are going out and don't feel like misinformation is being shared. Make sure that I feel like I can rely on this person. Make sure that if I have a guest on who's an expert, quote unquote expert, that I read their entire book. There's not been a guest who's come on the show, except for, I think one where I said on the episode, I haven't got a chance to read it yet. Um, There's been one or two like that, but every guest I've had on has either, every guest that's come on that has a book, I've read the book, you know, like that's been a, I guarantee you think that takes time. I run a full-time business. I do other things. I've, you know, I've have a life. Um, and so that is, has been very difficult. And there's been a lot of things legally with guests who have come on, who have wanted to share their story. And I've redirected to a lawyer or to law enforcement or to somebody who needs to deal with it first before, again, the 28 year old podcaster should ever have hands on that story. So, um, from a content creation side, I'm frustrated with it too, in terms of, I would love to say, Hey, every Sunday, here it is. Um, I think there's a way to do that. Um, cause I know there's people that like, this is their quote unquote news source for what's happening in the IFB. And I don't want to, I don't want those people to feel left in the dark. Um, it's my biggest, uh, Piece kind of bristling up against some of that. Like, I've thought about like just breaking down all the news stories from that week and like where I just kind of do it as a digest for people. Um, my biggest thing bristling about is like that's a solo episode with just me, and I don't know how I feel that fits within the scope of Preacher Boys because I don't want to be the Eric Skorzynski show and then Preacher Boys is like a subtitle. Like, I want to be Preacher Boys and then I'm the host that facilitates conversation. I'm not just getting, I'm I'm not, you know, Steven Crowder or Joe Rogan or, you know, or Bill Maher or who, you know, these guys who have like their version of their own show. Um, So I wanted to mention that. um, And I want to just add a a caveat on that too with experts. Like I'm going to be honest um, over the last three years, I have become I'm still a very optimistic person, but I'm very cynical when it comes to a lot of experts that come my way and a lot of a lot of people in the advocacy world I just I've become very close friends with a lot of people, and I've also become very cynical of a lot of people because I think some people are following the dollar signs they see deconstruction, they see church too they see this and they see an opportunity to build a platform on the backs of survivors and that's something and again whatever some people might not believe me on that you know from our conversations and i think it's clear the fact that i'm not pushing weekly releases when i have nothing to talk about is proof of this like my goal is not platform first it's what's the most edifying beneficial thing to do with this um And I just see some people that crank out and churn out book after book after book on these topics and take words of survivors and make it their own words and regurgitate it back to them. And that grosses me out. And so I'm trying to avoid that. So I'm trying to find a balance there. I don't think the inconsistency is good on the release side. And I would yell at somebody if I was coaching them to be a content creator, I would say, don't do that. But it's coming from, again, a motivation of trying to put out things that are only going to be helpful, not just filler. On the flip side of that, I'm, I'm very wary of just guess, just because like, I'm scared, like, especially we all know, like people platform a pastor or a speaker at their conference. And the next year, this thing comes out about them. Like that's a lot of weight and responsibility. And there's a lot of people who are now consuming content from the channels, like tens of thousands of people. It's a lot of pressure to know is this person I'm putting in front of people trustworthy? So I wanted to address those things. I I know it's kind of a shoehorn thing, but I want to make sure we talked about it. Um, And then uh, the last thing I'll say, and I don't want to keep ranting, but the last thing I'll say is just after three years, I was telling you, I'm very comfortable at this point saying I need a break and taking time away. Um, I try not to do that at the expense of people I'm actively working with. So, like again, for the last month or so, I've been pretty radio silent publicly, but I've had conversations with survivors who are dealing with lawyers, who are needing assistance, who are needing resources. I'm still trying to be there for people. If I can't be there for you in responding to a DM or something, it's nine times out of ten, I don't even see it. It's not on my radar. It's it's getting lost on the side. I don't feel good about that, but it's not a you know, I'm not ignoring people on purpose or trying to, you know, or, or prioritizing someone's story over another, like that's, that's not the case. And, um, which is honestly, a lot of times, like it's a lot to open an inbox. It's a lot to be in this world. And I told you before we recorded, like I used to have a hard time with the individual stories and the toll that takes hearing them. And I've learned how to manage that. But like, 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 like life is You get everything feng shui and nice and perfect, and then a new thing comes up. And like for me, the collective trauma, like almost secondhand trauma of the last three years of just hearing stories week in, week out, offline are some of the worst (laughs) online, horrible stories. Like there is so much weight I feel just crushing me down when I step into this world. It's the reason I don't listen to any other true crime podcasts. I don't watch true crime documentaries almost ever. Like I'm maxed when it comes to hearing this stuff. And when I need, when I feel that I'm at a breaking point, I step away and I come back when it feels okay. And again, bad, bad advice for content creator, great advice for someone who's trying not to fall into a level of depression that, I mean, Michael, I think you know from our conversation a level of depression that yeah. um, I don't think people truly understand. Like it's a, um, it is a heavy, heavy topic. And again, if the show's an iceberg, like there's so much under the surface that there's there's just I mean I I've talked about it before. There's there's stories I've recorded that have never been released. And there's – I mean, there's one story in particular that's been recorded that has – like, it permanently kind of changed the way that I think about these situations. It, it it's These are mindset, life-altering stories to hear. And I think that's a very good thing. But it's also – that is a weighty thing. And I think even for listeners of the show, like, I would say – I've said this before too, take breaks from the show. Do not make this show your weekly binge. Like take time to process the stories, let them change you and affect you, but I don't think it's healthy to soak in this um nonstop and I don't think it's healthy for me, I don't think it's healthy for anybody to you know I mean that's why I think survivors are the strongest people in the world because they have no choice but to be with these stories but even then like you know i think the survivors who i talked to have found ways to also set it here at a time and make time for themselves to live outside of that and not to soak in that you know and i'm probably saying that in a horrible way but yeah yeah and and i don't want to say like suppress it but like they found ways to Get out from under the cloud of the past trauma, and um, I know there's a lot of ways people can mishear me, but just know what I mean is not, uh, not to say suppress it, but to find their lives and find themselves and find who they are and not be defined solely by what has happened around them and to them, and um. And again, it's always with you. It's not like something they can just say, I'm going to ignore it, but it's something where, you know, part of healing is healing, (laughs) you know, part of healing is to, you know, is to not let those things control you the way that they once, they once did. And again, it's a journey. And again, I said that not great. Um, There's many therapists, I'm sure who could say it in better ways, but it is a, it's a, it's just important to take time for yourself. And I think mm-hmm. these guys had so much power over us for so long. These terrible people had so much power like when's the last time you took time to figure out what you like to do? Or do you like walking? Do you like going to the gym? Do you like watching movies? Like, dude, my mental health, you're going to laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do it. But dude, so much mental health work for me in the last like uh like 2 months this is super nerdy. This is like the nerdy, like, dude, I've been deep diving into star Trek. So hardcore in the last <laughs> like two months, I have not read all these, but like, dude, find something <laughs> that you can just take your mind off of it for a second. And like, go hog wild on that, you know, like, and it, it's just, again, it's, it's so important to like figure out who you are and figure out like, what do I need to do to make it, through a difficult life, like life is hard. What's the thing you can do that makes it just a little bit easier for yourself and makes you feel fulfilled and happy in your life? I don't know. Amen. I had to put all those books down because they were super heavy. Um, But anyway, that's that's just a couple of things I want to make sure I said. So I don't know how that flows. And again, I don't want people to feel like I'm mad at them or like ranting. I'm just... Honestly, I just I feel like I feel I feel very heartbroken when I I I feel heartbroken that I see people misunderstand the goal of the story shared, or when I see people who feel as though you know they're not viewed as important, or you know I, I want. I truly care about people. I feel a lot of empathy toward people, and I just want everyone to live their best life. Very Joel Osteen moment. But I just want people to be happy, love each other, and, and grow together in all kinds of crazy different ways. And um you know that's that's my goal. So anyway, sorry. I know I just spouted off a couple talking points, but if I don't say them, I don't know how to squeeze them in naturally. I'm not a pro yet at this after three years. <laughs> I was. I'd say you did a pretty good job. I I in listening to you, I
1: totally understand, especially privy the conversations we've had over the last three years. Yeah, uh, where you're coming from, because I can only imagine. I mean, my is my story, my sister's story that brought you know us together. Yeah, and. Imagine 35 to 50 of those stories and the weight and the heaviness of having to, you know, and I know you um, are a lot like me in the area where we want to give. We want to give even to the point where it's detrimental to us and our families and everything else. But we want to give and give and give and give because we are scared if we say no, that, you know, something bad is going to happen. But in reality, saying no is healthier sometimes. Um, because, uh, otherwise you slide into that deep depression, and dark hole and, you know, that's not anywhere, you know, you want to be, but if there's any encouragement I would give you, it would be, you know, instead of trying to be a coach and control the entire game, be a point guard, you know, Mm. assist it, dish it off to different people. Um, I know it's hard because you and I've both discussed, you know, people that we thought were legit that are you know, we're in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, and time, you know, showed, showed you that. So I'm sure it's hard to, you know, release or relinquish some of this control, but, uh, maybe that would help, you know, in, you know, bridging that gap of you wanting to step away from time to time because you need to, you have to, um, it's, you know, going to affect a lot of other areas of life and that's for any of us. I'm not trying to solely isolate you, but, um, for for anybody. anybody
0: listening can relate to everything that you just said yes. to yeah. some and level. So that's
1: go to therapy. I say it all the time. I think every time I've been on with you, I cannot, uh, I can, I wouldn't be here today if it yeah. wasn't for therapy. I wouldn't have the family that I have today if it wasn't for therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy is not demonic. Therapy is not bad. Therapy is actually really, really, really good and, um, you know, releases a lot of those things that. You know, you talked about the compartmentalization that, you know, uh, abuse and victims have, which, you know, going through this with with my sister, you know, you're absolutely right. Problem with that, though, is if they don't get into therapy, that Mm -hmm. those triggers, you never know when they're going to come and you never know how extreme it's Mm -hmm. going to be. And I think you feel a lot of that, too, with some of the stuff that comes up, because if you if they feel neglected or if they feel like they're not being prioritized or you know um, yeah. anything like that, it can get pretty bad and nasty because yeah. well, when, yeah. well, when I feel my some of those,
0: when I feel that when, when somebody reaches out and again, I get, you know, um, I, I get so many emails and messages onto so many different places and stuff slips through the cracks all the time. Um, But that's one of the things that's, again, I feel bad when I know it, t- I know I know someone's listening, going, Oh, how hard for you. You have to read a story. We've lived through the story. Or how you know, I, I know, and that is a hundred percent valid. Like I said, that is and and there's nothing that makes me feel worse than when I go in my inbox and see, like, oh, someone shared a story with me. And I know they probably sat there forever writing this out or getting the courage to send this message. And then I get I finally see the message. And then I see the follow up message from them, and it's, Oh, you don't care about my story. You're like everybody else, or you're like this. And, you know, and it's just, it breaks my heart because I know that they're feeling something 100% valid, which is they've been ignored for years and they feel the same way. But the last thing I want them to, the last thing I want is for them to feel like that. The last thing I want them to do is to feel like, Oh, I don't care. Like, honestly, I've told people before, I've told you this. Write me like three times, like say, hey, bump, you know, I'm giving this a follow-up. I'm gonna, you know, drop a question mark in there. Like I will see it eventually. And I guarantee you when I do, I read it with sincerity and I try to figure out the best way to help that I can. Um, so I wanted to throw that out as well. I get, you know, and some people just send me completely vitriolic, nasty messages. Like, I'm not gonna respond. <laughs> like, if you want to guarantee you won't get a response, like send me a nasty message, like. I'm not going to respond to it. Um, but for those of you that sincerely feel hurt or feel like ignored, like I'm not seeing it or like if I do see it and I do read it, you will get a response. And I apologize if it's not within 24 hours or, you know, like I'm doing my best to balance these um, and know the best way to help, you know, both, both of the
1: reactions and both of the viewpoints are a hundred percent true. And I think that's something else that gets lost a lot of times with us because we were raised that, you know, there's black and there's white, there's r- right, there's wrong, there's no in-between, there's no gray area. Mm-hmm. Well, we all react to different things in different ways. Yeah. And so uh, you can absolutely, as a victim, have that viewpoint of, well, it never happened to you. How, you know, yeah. how could it be this, you know, impactful on you? And you, they're a hundred percent right, Yeah. but they're, you're also a hundred percent right. Because this is how you feel mm-hmm. and you take upon this weight and this burden and, you know, trying to help and trying to, you know, you know, get to everybody and you're one person. You can't. Yeah. And so both can be very true and both can be, you know, um, valid, you know, viewpoints and emotions. Yeah. Um, it's not that there has to be your Eric, you're wrong and I'm right or I'm, you know, wrong and you're right. like. There, there can be two truths in yeah. the, in in any given conversation. I think we we get lost in that because we look for instead of coming together and finding the common ground, we look for the things that we want to disagree on and separate over because yeah. that's what is you know has driven us. I mean, how many times do we see it at I mean, Ivy churches? It was a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. that they had this new standard that you know separated them from everybody else right um and so when we have this perspective and i would just you know cost me a fine common ground in conversations that you're having with people search for the common ground first and then go you know hey this is this is my disagreement with you and here's why yeah and you know what we walk away you'll be surprised i've had conversations that go in both directions with people uh, usually centered around, you know, religion, yeah. um, you know, where we, I went in, we found the common ground. We discussed some of the things that we disagreed on. And we both walked away with, Hey, I learned something from the other person, yeah. but more times than not, we come in with the, Oh, this is where we disagree. And then we just yeah. both get in the foxholes <laughs> and trenches <laughs> and, you know, yeah. nothing good ever comes of that. So yeah. yeah, I I would definitely say we can, both can be right there can be truths on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Let's find those truths and let's dwell on those and then, you know, figure out everything else from there. But yeah.
0: yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. And so just for anybody, empathy and therapy, empathy, <laughs> therapy, we need another one for it to be a full sermon. Um, I also want to say um, if you are listening and you're looking for resources, um, I am on, and a lot of people don't know this cause I'm horrible at talking about it. I am on the board of a nonprofit called Courage 365. Um, If you visit courage365.org, there are resources available. There are people that can help you. There are advocates. There are people that will link you up with whoever you need to talk to. Um, It's an amazing team of people that are far more organized and helpful than I am. Um, And so um, courage365.org would be a great place for you to reach out if you're looking for any extended resources or help or someone to talk to. You don't want to be on a podcast, but you want to share your story um, or need someone to listen, or like that is another great route you can take. Again, my inbox is always open, but Courage 365 works specifically with survivors all the time. That is a full-time arena, and there's many different people on the team that can help you. Um, So be sure to reach out there. And I'll add, if you do want to share your story on the podcast, just specify that in your message as well. Because one of the most awkward things is when someone sends me their story and I'm responding like, are you wanting to share it on the show? Or are you just telling me? Both are okay, but just let me know so I know how to best uh, direct you or help you and all that good stuff. Um, Michael, I think this was interesting. I think there's a lot of, again, people basically got a live version of our call. Is there anything you want to make sure that we add? Is there anything that you think should be addressed? Do you think we drop this like a grenade and see see what happens? Um, any last, uh, not last words. We'll see how bad it goes. Any last words uh, at the end of this episode? I.
1: Right. Um- not really. I would say the only thing that I would say is, um, I think we, you know, talked about this is, you know, going back to where we started the conversation about that you referenced the North Star and, you know, the Facebook page is there to help, uh, raise awareness for abuse, uh, victims of, of sexual abuse in the churches. Um, you know, shed a light on it, a spotlight and also, you know, give help to the victims. So it's a victim's first page. Um, I have not allowed some, I have unfortunately, you know, and then gotten it reported back, but it's not a deconstruction, uh, you know, Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is there's a lot of, Hey, I'm not an atheist and I'm going to tell you why, uh, you know, type posts that are trying to, you know, be submitted. Um, there's, you know, a lot of, like you were saying, influencers that are trying to get in and push your agenda, which is fine as long as you're helping abuse victims. But the moment that I get, you know, word that, Hey, I don't feel safe, uh, with this person or this comment or anything like that.
0: Um, you know, we got to remember
1: what it was designed to do. It's Um, not to
0: convert anybody to your own perspective, whether religious or not. Yeah. If you want to start that
1: page, somebody out there, you want to start a
0: deconstruction IFB page, I sure do Uh
1: let me know. I'll I'll be a member. <laughs> but uh that's yeah. not what this is designed to
0: do. So I'm a member of many forums like that where those conversations do happen, but this is not it. And um yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a Christian trying to go in there just to say, Don't leave the church over abuse, you know, it wasn't Jesus, it was you know it's not the place the if you're someone who's you know an atheist or you're trying to one up all the christians in the group just let's keep it the main <laughs> all the christians say keep the main thing the main thing you know and and kind of keep keep rolling along that way and um honestly um i really appreciate you kind of helping with the group side like really it takes a huge weight off. Um, and for anybody who's in the group, like be sure to give a virtual high five to Michael in the group and say, thanks for helping and for, you know, moderating the wild, wild west. That is the Facebook group at this point. And, um, and just for everybody listening, like, again, I, I know as a content creator, um, I feel like I've definitely dropped the ball in many ways, as far as like being a, consistent outlet. I think I've done a lot of volume, um, but I definitely want to, you know, be aware that people have, you know, weekly interests and needs and things that they want covered. Um, I want to do my best to really push back in that direction while also not feeling like I'm doing anything that violates the sanctity of the show in any real way. Um, and yeah I, I just look forward to having more conversations like this. I still am deeply passionate about this topic, and it's still what's guiding the decisions and how I approach this. It's just I've never had thirty thousand whatever how many people are on the Facebook page and I had that many people looking at me for an answer. That's an intimidating thing. It makes you think about things a lot um you know I've never dealt with anything of this scale before I've never had you know I've never had to deal with uh. Alexander Pagani, the the prophet that works with Greg Locke, copyright claiming videos before, you know, just shout out to him. Um, all the little things that just come up here and there. Um, so I appreciate everybody's patience with me. The ones that have had patience, I appreciate it. The ones who have not, I don't appreciate it. Um, and uh, look forward to just seeing how this develops and getting a little smarter along the way, hopefully. So that's an outro, I guess. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show,
1: please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Dog. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.